Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. So glad you could be with us tonight as we discuss, as we continue to discuss happiness in relationships. And as you know, we always take a little bit of a different slant on it. And with the holidays coming, we always want to have a holiday slant. Um, It's always fun to do. And why the heck not, right? So here we are. And um, I always like to talk about how couples deal with holidays in different ways. And our topic is going to be around stress, learning to deal with stress, and even being able to work with your partner in a way that you can work together to lower stress. Because sometimes we know the opposite of that happens, and sometimes you get stressed out with each other. So how do we not only not do that, the question is going to be, how do we actually utilize each other to make stress lower? So today, as you know, we always have a guest on our show, and today we have with us David Schroeder. He's a um, licensed mental health social worker, licensed mental health social worker, and um, he is also a life coach and a spiritual advisor. He's a clinical and spiritual social worker and professional life coach. He has a private practice called Transition Pathways. And David Schroeder offers a variety of techniques. He assists individuals, couples, and groups in finding healthy pathways to love, higher awareness, and greater potential. He conducts workshops and retreats on topics such as spirituality and self-esteem, the path to consciousness relationship, the power of being, men's issues, and more. David is also the author of the book, Just Be Love. Messages on the Spiritual and Human Journey. He conducts workshops around his book's themes. David has a wonderful, loving wife, Therese, and two grown sons who are full of passion and dedication in serving others. He also enjoys time with his curious and energetic grandchildren. David lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and enjoys traveling and exploring sacred sites around the world. He values helping others, time with family, friends, walks in nature, meditation, and connecting with source. In David's own journey, he has learned the importance of self-love, acceptance, and honoring his perfection within his imperfection. Love that bio, David Schroeder. Welcome to the Happiness Hangout. Thank you, Lori. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you, and so, so glad to have you here. And excited to be talking to you and your, and being able to pull some of your expertise to help our fellow listeners out there um, who listen live and also listen uh, through our podcast uh, all over on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, and many, many other places. So hopefully um, with the holidays coming, people can listen to our show and, and realize there's, there's lots of ways to do things. And especially when it comes to the holiday season, I think, David, sometimes uh, people get so wrapped up in what they think they have to do, the expectations that maybe they're putting on themselves more than anybody else, and the musts, the haves, the perfection of it all, which really is not serving us. And so we're, we're really here to talk about that today. But first, I would like, um, so everybody gets to know David a little bit. David, tell us about how you got into the line of work of serving others, um, why you decided to do that, and a little bit more about your work passions. Okay, sure. Um, Well, I've been in the human service and human development fields of one capacity or another for uh, nearly 28 years now. Um, I actually started... Uh, shortly after I graduated from from college, and I started out in p- parks and recreation, believe it or not, um, and I was running programs in in a park district, and um, then I 
I landed a job in a in a psych hospital uh, doing what they call therapeutic recreation. So I was helping uh, patients uh, better use their free and leisure time and developing more positive and effective coping skills. Um, and then I uh, went back to graduate school to get my master's in social work because a lot of people were encouraging me with what I knew and what I wanted to do that to go back to school. So um, after graduating, getting my master's in social work, I would worked in different capacities of community mental health and uh, and doing health promotion and wellness for companies and corporate uh, companies. Uh, and then about uh, 15 years ago, I went into, I took the leap of faith and went into private practice. Um, so almost all my adult life, I've had a passion for, uh, helping people, um, helping them meet their greater potential, uh, and more importantly, what blocks their potential. In other words, what gets in the way physically, emotionally, or maybe even spiritually, um, in terms of blocking their potential and, and, and their own self-worth and self-esteem. Um... And so I enjoy uh, helping people find the answers to their own questions. I don't answer their questions about their struggles. I just give them pathways, if you will. And that's kind of how I came up with the business name of Transition Pathways is I, I help people find those, trend, those pathways through their transitions and change and struggles. So and it, it's a wonderful feeling when people can they find a way, a more healthy and constructive way to get from point A to point B for their for themselves. Well, you know, so that sure is true. I, I teach counseling and, and you know, yeah. teaching students who are just coming into the field uh, mm -hmm. about, especially when you talk about you cannot give them their answer. Um, right. Because when they find their own answer, when people find their own answers to things, as you said so well, it does so many things for that person in terms of raising self-esteem in terms of knowing that there are other choices out there, and next time when something comes up, they'll believe they have the capability to make that on their own. It's just so much more gratifying. It's really not, it's not our job um, to tell people what to do because what's right for us may not be right for someone else. So, you right. know, we, we yeah. both come into this very clear in, in telling our audience that some of the things we talk to them about today, what works for one person is going to not work for another. So, you know, we can provide information, and then people should take that and see what resonates with them. And, and you know, yeah. David, I really wanted to start off by talking about um, reminding people. I want to use the word consciousness. You mm -hmm. use it a lot, and I love that about being conscious. Right. Because, first of all, all of the couples, loved ones, boyfriends, girlfriends, married, whatever people are doing when you have a loving partner, you come into every situation with your personality. You come into it with the communication and dynamics that you both already have together. And then you can lay a whole layer of, of holidays over that. Right. <laughs> and and right. Whatever, you know, whatever you bring to the table, you're going to be using those that, you know, when a layer of perhaps stress, Let's not assume holidays are stressful for everybody. They're, they shouldn't be, and they're, and they're not for everybody. But if you're listening to this show, you either feel that way or you know people who do or you want to make it better for yourself. So, so you're going to come in with what you've got. And I think Correct. that I'd like to yeah. chat at first with you about being aware of what's going on. I mean, don't you think people have to – the first step is to really be aware and conscious of how you normally do things. Yeah, I would, I would agree 100%. And so let me just, let me start to kind of piggyback on what you just said. The true purpose of relationship is to learn about yourself within the context of being with the other person. Mm -hmm. um, and most of us, unfortunately, our level of consciousness, we go with the assumption and the belief that the other person is there in my life to make me happy and to fulfill my needs and expectations and so on. And that is the major setup 
to a lot of conflict and disagreements and, and hassle in relationship, if you will. So um, a lot of the consciousness and, your, you know, every relationship we've had going back all the way to our family of origin, um, we bring that into the current relationship consciously or unconsciously. And for most people, it's more unconscious than it is conscious. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of what struggles uh, I've found in working with people, and especially with couples, is I need to have a sense of control, and I, I need to be right. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like my way or the highway kind of thing. And that, understandably, is going to create a lot of stress and conflict and uh, unhappiness in a relationship. Um, and then when you mentioned earlier, like in the introduction that, you know, the holiday time, it's loaded with expectations and a variety of needs and wants based on how we've grown up and so on and so forth. Um, and that inherently is going to compound things in terms of that. I need it my way, or I need it to have it on my terms. Um, and if we can't come to a kind of a win-win compromise, yeah, it's inherently going to cause conflict and a lot of stress and and unhappiness. And, and, and it kind of makes the, re- the holidays then go south in a way that we really don't want it to. So, well, I, yeah. I love the way that you, you give us a base to think about how people... I want to reiterate that again, how people come into a relationship looking for their needs to be met. And on some level, of course, you know, that happens where, you know, <laughs> you, you feel that. But but as you say, people, our partners are a mirror to us seeing all sides of us. And if we're lucky enough, we have a partner who loves all sides of us, but can sort of help us see things that maybe we even want to grow from. As we get older and as we grow, there are things that maybe we want to change or we just change who we are mm-hmm. because life happens and we want to do new things and, and we want to reinvent ourselves sometimes or we just want to even make small changes. So that other person like is that mirror for us to say, to compliment us and tell us how great we are. At the same time, it's really part of the, of the growth process for them to in a loving way, be pointing out areas that, that, you know, maybe we need to take a look at ourselves and, and, and discover how, you know, are we really doing something that is benefiting us in the world in the best way? And right. that can come out in many forms. And, and, if, yep. and if, we, if we're conscious of it, and our, both of our partners know that, I love that we're starting a base of this conversation before we get into stress, because yeah. the base of it is that. So if we're conscious, what I hear you saying is if we're conscious that our partner is not only loving but also a mirror to maybe things that may be perceived as faults or things that might need tweaks in our right. behavior, whatever that right. is, um, right. we're gonna we're gonna have a good base there. Is what I hear you saying. Right, and um, I, I like to tell people that. You know, from your, from both of your vantage points, if you will, from both of your perspectives and your belief systems and your consciousness, you're both right. Uh, but somewhere in the middle is the truth. <laughs> um, oh, and and that's a big key. And the other thing, like you were saying, a lot of times when we hear from our partner uh, some what we might see it as criticism or whatever, even though they don't mean it that way so much. But when it's taken as criticism, um, we have a choice. We either see the, the person and the experience as the teacher and the opportunity, or we see it as a threat and the enemy. And depending on how you take it, if you see it as a teacher and the opportunity, you're going to be more open to the possibilities and to kind of embrace what you need to do for yourself to change. Uh, if you see it, see the situation and or that person more as the threat or the enemy, then you're going to be more resistive, uh, resistant and uh, denying and kind of avoiding and more defensive naturally. Um, and then, of course, change is, isn't, isn't really going to happen so much. 
So, and well, we usually right. we usually go into one of those two stands. We're either more open to the possibilities and looking at my piece in it and what I can do differently, or we're seeing it as no, it's all your fault, and you're the one that has to make the change and. So you're more the enemy and the threat to me rather than the teacher and the opportunity. Yeah. So much of it is, of course, ego-driven. And when you and I talk about consciousness, I want our listeners to know being aware as much as we can of who we are and being open to growing as a person are key because egos, our egos can be very strong. Yes. And, um, you know, I think our listeners, you know, we'll get into the holiday stuff, but I have to tell you a funny story. And I think sometimes people relate with examples, but a few nights ago, um, you know, I have a little dog, and um, there's been this cat. Not, I, I consider myself a dog person, but I, this cat has been roaming around our neighborhood for some months, and everybody loves it. Everyone's naming it, feeding it. What were we going to do when winter came? Because you, being in Michigan, and me being in Ohio, we know what winter <laughs> means. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So in the end, um, my one neighbor couldn't take it. She just loved him and took him in. Find out her husband can't even stay in the house. He is so sick from the cat with allergies. He was leaving the mm-hmm. house every two hours just to be able to breathe. And right. they knew they couldn't keep him, but they got everything taken care of with him. Took him to the vet, did everything possible for him. And I looked at my husband. I know that um, we've only been married a little over five months. I knew Mm -hmm. that he really didn't want to do it, but he said, I wouldn't stop you. Well, lo and behold, the adjustment to bringing a cat into a home with a a new cat owner, which would be us, Mm -hmm. cat owners, with a little dog, not knowing what I'm doing and figuring it out. The cat is wonderful. He's fierce. I mean, he lived outside, and he came out of that okay. But the interesting thing was he's real sweet, but when he really wants to be with you, he will do anything possible. So my husband said, not a cat in our bed. The dog's already in there. So the cat has been real sweet, you you know, staying outside of the room, being real sweet. But I find that when he wants something, a couple nights ago, it, he hit his limit. We shut the door, and we have a door that shuts partway, and it's, it sticks. The cat threw himself into the door so and, and pushed that door open in the middle of the night. And finally, after yeah. being disrupted after several nights of different things, my husband said, that's it. He said, I- I've had it. And I knew. But you know what? Even though I brought him in, I know it's me. I know that we can't. we would never put him back outside or anything like that. I put it upon my business to start reading up about cats, to start understanding what was happening, to know what to do. And I found a solution where um, what we're going to do so he doesn't do that again. It's going to be good for everybody, according to research, what I've read. And and let's hope. Um, But um, I realized, you know, I could have dug my heels in. I could have said, you know what, this cat isn't going anywhere um, you have to, adjust. but, but in kindness to him and the mm-hmm. lack of sleep that he's getting when I especially got to sleep in today, and I know we, he's going to be listening to this show on uh, my husband. will. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm not going to do that. Hills, and I'm going to try, I want a peaceful home and I want this to work and you just don't get rid of something when it doesn't work. You keep trying at it, you know, and hopefully till you run out of, of options and usually by then you found a solution. So I would say to people, you know, whatever it is in life, you just got to keep tweaking and adjusting. But old Lori, David, might have really freaked out and got scared and not know what to do and maybe even called, you know, somebody to take the cat or or something of that nature. And, of course, I'm going above and beyond to keep my husband very happy. We're going to his favorite restaurant tonight. And, you know, because he deserves it. Because he's, he's yeah. let me do something he really didn't want to do. And I'm thankful for that. That's what yeah. kind of the give and take is. And he's obviously forgiven the situation, the cat, and everything. Yeah. But it's about that give and take. Yeah. And it's about, you know, that story is a great illustration of how we have to adapt and adjust. And all three of you, you, your husband, and the cat, in their own, each in your own ways, and the dog. Ad- 
yeah, uh, yeah, and a dog, yes, are having to adapt and adjust uh, to the change. And each of us moved through that, you know, in a little different way, in a little different time frame. And, um, but I think the big key that I found in just working with people in all these different years and in different situations, when you can allow for possibilities of up and beyond what you've made true, that's a way to expand your your consciousness. That's one of the ways to expand your consciousness and your awareness is to allow for possibilities above and beyond what you've already created. Because the mind in and of itself is very limited, <clears throat> especially the ego part of our mind. Uh, but when you can be open to, well, how can I make this work? Even though it's uncomfortable right now in the moment, but, you know, both of you and your husband, okay, he's being open and flexible and accepting to it in a wonderful way. You're doing your research to try to understand cats more fully, which is, you know, cats have their own agenda. That's that's for sure. Uh, much more than a, than a dog. Uh, we, we have a cat, and so I can, yeah, I can relate to... Um, and I've, I'm, I'm much more fond, fond of dogs, but yeah, I've, I've, I've learned to appreciate cats and their, and their, their ways. Um, and that's a big key, but you know, each of you in your own ways are giving it a chance to make it work rather than just a knee jerk reaction. Oh, I'm done. I can't do this. You know, let's get rid of her. Um, you're both giving it time and space. To make it work, which is um, a credit to to all of you in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I look I look I look at when the cat breaks down the door. You know, he really wants to be with us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I thought, okay, you know, he, he he first he just cried and then he clawed on the door a little bit. Then he just yeah. sleep by the door, and I thought we got it. He's just going to yeah. sleep by the door. But then when he broke in, um, I would have laughed, but my husband was in no mood. But you know, I took him, you know, I realized what to do about the cat. He's in his own room. I'm yeah. downstairs with the dog, you know, and let him, let let my husband get a good night's sleep. Because quite right. frankly, I'm working from home today. If I take a cat nap, no pun intended, I can do that. He can't do right. that at the office, you know. And, and that in and of itself, you know, within that situation, uh, a big part of uh, relationship um, <clears throat> has to do with trust and especially communication. And a lot of communication is about listening or what I call seek to understand. And so you had this appreciation of your husband and that he has to go to work bright and early this, this morning. So sleep is helpful for him. Whereas, you know, you could, you could be a little bit more flexible on that. So the fact that you were willing to accommodate his need um, is an act of love and acceptance and, and just, uh, you know, getting into his world and accommodating to that to a degree. And a lot of relationship is, you know, so as you do that with him in this situation, you know, hopefully there's times that then he kind of reciprocates in, a, in, in whatever situation to kind of accommodate your need. And so there's that back and forth, you know, we're not, we're not saying you owe me or anything else. It's just out of love. We can we can kind of navigate and and regulate with each other um, to accommodate without you know without selling our soul or you know pleasing too much or whatever. Um, right. And and there's so there's a healthiness in that, um, and that's a lot of what makes a relationship thrive because you're both kind of weaving in and out of that. Uh, without the expectations or demands or any of that. So, yeah, and that's that's what relationships are. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of weaving in and out we have to do with each other in order to make it work. So That's so and true. If, and I do, and I do find that that happens with us, that um, we do get, do that giving back and forth all the time. Because mm -hmm. I did that for him, he is aware of it, and he's, you know, I told him, if we can't get it to work, you know, you have to win over the cat. Uh, and I think I would have a, 
you know, I'd have things that I could do to help the mm-hmm. cat if he couldn't be here. But I really think that a lot of things new, like in, when you have something new in your life, it's trial and error. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. until you make it work. And I do right. have the belief that we can make that work. Right. And we're always, yeah. you know, the one thing I've really come to appreciate is uh, just when I think I got it figured out, <laughs> something will happen that will kind of teach me otherwise. So in other words, we're kind of always in process. Um, and, and that's okay. It's not that we're failing or any of that. It's, it's uh, life is always giving us that opportunity to kind of stretch ourselves and, and to go a little further um, with knowing ourselves and with each other. Um, and that's, that's okay. You know, just if I ever hear somebody that says, I got it all figured out, I don't know about you, but I kind of get very far away from them because, <laughs> uh, you know, we're always in process in some shape, way, or form. You're so, so. right about that. And, and the other thing I always try to – something I always say to people is when you do have it for the moment, mm-hmm. celebrate it. Oh, yeah. you know, we made it through. I, I learned a bunch of things today that I did with the cat, and he is so wonderful and calm. I mean, he just came out from living outdoors. He had some scratches, but that cat, again, he's fierce. He made mm-hmm. it, and he's so loving. He's so loving at the same time that right. I think that he was, you know, left by somebody. He was just so yeah. naturally loving. And so you got to have some uh, some empathy, in, in this case, sympathy, I think, for a cat who's been through that, and he has to adjust. So I think right. that... You know, as I say to as I say to everybody, when you do have something figured out, and he's very calm today, I'm celebrating that, knowing that be open for the next thing that's going to happen that you're going to deal right. with and learn about. Because right. you're right, but but I say don't forget to celebrate the moments where you have a win, <laughs> because yeah. you're going to be learning something else in the next five minutes, like you say. Right, right. And and then that you know, very true to have that gratitude and appreciation for. And to honor yourself in terms of how far we have come, um, but yeah, and then and then the, you know I tell clients I when they they might have left you know they were on a good pace and whatever and then they left therapy for a while and then maybe six months or a later year later they come back and they kind of feel embarrassed or guilty and all I tell them it's you know you're you haven't done anything wrong you're just peeling another layer of the onion. Um, you know, and so, you know, you, you've made it this far, you're fine. And it's just something else that needs, like you said, you know, we just, something else we just got to peel away and work through. But, you know, it doesn't mean you're bad or a failure or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, you're growing. <laughs> yes. That's how we grow is when we have those, you know, those opportunities, our mistakes or what we call mistakes or wrong turns or whatever are actually just opportunities for learning and growing. Yep. Yep. So you have to have those things. You know, as you talk about, you know, people feeling badly, um, mm-hmm. and you don't realize that when you, I love the analogy, when you talk about the onion being peeled, you're just go, you're just going to another level. It's part right. of life and your growth process. And we're, and we bring up, you know, guilt, blame, shame, mm-hmm. uh, uh, perfection, all these things. Let's right. get into the let's get into the specifics of holidays. You know, yeah. Uh, I hear people discuss so often, but this is what people expect of me, or right. I, I, you know, I really love doing it, but I can't anymore for a variety of reasons, or I shouldn't, or um, I don't feel well, or whatever it might be. So many expectations at holidays. I'm wondering from your perspective. Um, what have you seen in your life as some of the expectations or stressors around holidays that people think they have to do, have, or be? Yeah. Um, I, uh, the biggest one, and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger each year <laughs> and more crazy, is just the whole, the whole commercialism. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think the true meaning of especially Christmas is, is being – uh, very diminished and overshadowed by the economy and you know that people have to spend money uh, otherwise the, the economy is going to go to hell 
Um, and so I, I think that's, you know, and all the rushing around that people do to try to find the perfect gift, um, it, it causes a lot of heartache and headaches and financial aches. Um, and then I think the other big one is just the whole thing of the family gatherings um, and how many people dread that as well as how many people they need it to be a certain way. And if it's not that way, then the whole holiday is ruined, so to speak. Um, and, and I think especially um, it gets very overwhelming for women uh, just because they're primarily doing a lot of the caretaking and the gift buying and, and things like that and preparing meals and, and things. Um, and it can just get overwhelming because it has to be such a way. Um, and if it's not that way, you know, like I said, then the whole holiday is kind of gone, gone for not. Um, and to me, those, and they, they have an, an incredible impact then on the family because, um, we kind of unconsciously will feed that onto, you know, our spouse or our children or our brothers or sisters or whoever. Um, there's a, a guy I've been working with for a while. His, his mother is very, um, it has to be this way. And, you know, part of the thing was he's for years, he'd been trying to please his mother and it would never work. And so, you know, in the, in the sessions we've been working on, just do what's best for you. And you it's not your role to please her. That's her job is to please herself. And he's finally beginning to really come to terms with that. And it's, you know, he set the boundary with his mother. This is when we're coming from the, for the holidays. And then he let it go. And he's not going to own her, you know, her antics to kind of make him feel guilty or whatever to, to get it on her terms and her way. And that happens an awful lot in a lot of families, unfortunately, is that, you know, that tug of war that I needed on, on these terms in this way. So, yeah. Family and finances, the two Fs. That's what I hear a lot of, too, you know, both of them. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I did grow up a certain way, and my mother died when she was only 58, I was 34, and okay. I'm in my 50s now. And I don't know, I because my mother was the, the pinnacle of all those things, making everything happen, when you get mm -hmm. such a jolt like that, <laughs> I guess I'm more open to things looking differently and trying new things, but a lot of people really aren't. They they see that they they must buy all these things for everybody. They think right. that the dreaded, you know, when you have a person or two in your family that sort of bring everything down, that you have to see them, you have to be with them, you have... You, it's just so sacred to people. That's the word I, I feel comes to my mind. These things are such sacred traditions, but yes. are they? Are they really? Are they? Are they sacred? Would you, would you use that beautiful word for well, something I would, that's yeah. so bad? I would call it more. Um, it's more of attachment. <laughs> and what I've discovered over the years, attachment to a degree is an important thing in our life. But when attachment becomes unhealthy uh, is when it, we have a fear of loss. And many people, um, the traditions that they have, what they're really struggling with is the fear of losing it or the fear of it changing. And the problem with relationships and, and families and just human connection, all relationships will end at some level, ultimately through death. Um, so they, you, we have to realize that the traditions that we've set, for them to go on for generations, <laughs> even though it is possible, but it's probably not so practical to some degree. 
but that's the struggle is a lot of people, they don't want to let go of the traditions uh, because they fear that loss. They fear that change. And then they're, so they're not in control. It's not happening as I want it to be. Um, and that can really take people for a ride when they feel threatened by it's, it's not going to happen the way I want it to happen. And it can bring out, unfortunately, the worst in people. Um, or it can bring out the best, depending on <laughs> the person's own mindset and belief system and such. Um, I, to give you a little bit of personal story, I was divorced when I was uh, about 22 years ago. And so many of my holiday traditions, as I know them, growing up as a child, have been totally different for the last 20 some odd years. In other words, almost every year since the divorce, it was always different in some way. Um, and so there's always been this adapting and adjusting. And I just I accepted the importance of just going with the flow and making it work as best I could with the intent of not ruining my own holiday, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but some people can really struggle with that if they, you know, if they're used to, it has to be this way and they can't entertain a different possibility. Um, yeah, it can really tear them apart in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something in happiness research that I talk a lot about in my workshops and presentations. Um, it's one of the five biggies with happiness is people who focus on the experience and not the stuff. Because right. a lot that's going on around us is the stuff. In other words, oh, we have to put all the outside lights up this year because that's what we do, and, it's, and that's how it looks. And the inside has to be done just so. And we have to make eight kinds of cookies, not four. And we have to buy presents for everybody, not, not pick out of a hat. Be, who cares that you're struggling this year with money? We have to go to this person's house because it's your Uncle Sammy. And no matter what he says, you just have to accept it because that's what we do, and it's family. These are the kinds of things that people get caught up on. So I'll say again, it's not about the stuff, it's about the experiences. So that's a big, big key to happiness. So if my experience with Uncle Sammy is not a good one, that is part of ruining, well, I had to go maybe when I was young, and I have no Uncle Sammy, I'm just making that up. But yeah, if you had to do that when you were young and you become an adult, I think we have a right to say, you know, we want to. We want everybody as much as possible to enjoy it, but that's up to you to enjoy. Like you said about that, your one client, you have to enjoy. It's up to you yourself to enjoy it. So right. if I if I have to go to a fam, you know, a different event, or I'm not going to have the same party that cost me two thousand dollars. Instead, um, we're going to do. We're going to bring out. Everyone's going to bring appetizers, and we're going to pick names out of a hat and do a really fun Christmas tradition that's new because um, it makes us all feel better and I, and I don't have money to spend. You know, these are, these are things. These, it's about the experience that you're having with that family and who's there. And if you pick the name out of a hat, how fun it could be. And if you start a new tradition, like uh, I have a neighbor who does this really fun thing. They get stockings, and they stuff the stockings with all little stuff, like – like um, lottery cards and uh, just things people like to own that are fun, but they're not overly expensive, and they play this right. game with them. And, they, yeah. and that's an experience. It's not about, oh, I spent $50 stuffing my stocking, and you, you know, no. They tell them it has to be under a certain amount. So it's things like this people get so caught up in. Right. I only bake two, one kind of cookies now. I used to do four. I'm like, you know what? Everyone else bakes those kinds. Why don't I do my specialty? Everyone loves it and be done with it. And yeah. that's the stuff people get so crazy over. Right. And I, uh, some phrases I would use to kind of piggyback on that is uh, making an experience, not a chore. <laughs> and the other part of it is 
to um, we often have this thing that we have to. And so when you feel you have to, it's almost like you're forced to do it. And so the, the joy and the pleasure of it kind of goes out the window because there's this expectation of it. And so I tell people, change it from a, a have to to I want to or I desire to or I choose to. Uh, because then it's more your choice rather than feeling that it's forced upon you, which which the have to's. It does it. You kind of have the perception that it's being forced or that, you know, this is the way we've done it for for years. So we have to do it this way. Like you said, you know, you've been doing four types of cookies for however long. Well, now you're choosing just to do this is what I want to do. Um, and, it, and the fact that it'll still work out. Um, it's not the end of the world. No, but a lot of times if you're not, and there's with a consciousness in your own belief system, and if you're if you're doing things for that love and acceptance and approval, uh, that's how you set yourself up for that disappointment. Um, and the other thing I tell people, focus, and not just in the holidays, but all, you know, through life, focus on what sustains you, not so much what drains you. And the holidays, unfortunately, you know, because it's it's gotten so commercial and, and so intense with stuff um, that it's draining us a lot more than sustaining us. And, and most people don't really realize that. But then, you know, I, I a lot of times come, you know, mid-January to end of January, that's when depression gets at its highest state, uh, especially in this country. And. You know, I, I ask people, what do you think cost it? You know, when they come to see me at the end of January and they're burned out, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're resentful. Well, what's it called? Well, I, you know, and a lot of times they start talking about the holidays and the expectations and, and I, you know, just to plant the seed. Well, what would happen if you didn't get so caught up in it? You know, what would happen if you weren't so attached to it? And if you were more just about being... You know, the true purpose to me is just to be present with each other and emotionally and physically. That's the greatest present we can give somebody is just being present. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, it, it, a lot of people get very mindless rather than mindful during the holidays because they, they feel they have to do things rather than the want to do things. Or to choose to do things. Well, you're um, right about being the mindfulness of it all, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I really do love that. And and you know, um, we could probably talk a whole show about what people can do. You know, as you were talking about, let's hit the have tos. What if we're in a mm -hmm. situation where it's somebody close to us, like um. um like it's a it's a parent, a parent in law, somebody mm -hmm. that somebody that you're with your partner and they feel like it's always somebody that's there and you sort of don't think you can get out of it. I guess the question I would throw out is can you get out of it? Should you get out of it if it's if it's toxic or they bring you down or it's always an uncomfortable situation? Um, I'm lucky enough to have wonderful um Ryan's side of the family is amazing, but that, mm -hmm. not everybody has that. And even our own, sometimes our own parents or brothers, sisters, sometimes they're the ones who are toxic. Have you dealt yeah. with those situations? And, and what would you recommend to somebody who, who has that and feels like, oh, I can't just not have them over? Well, and, you know, a lot of times we're afraid of the, when you said, I just can't, I can't not have them over. We're afraid of the consequences. Yes. Um, and, you know, part of that is a, to outright say to somebody, no, you shouldn't have them over. That's not really my place, if you will. Um, the key is if you're going to have them over uh, is to practice more of that whole idea of non-attachment. In other words, accepting that this is who they are and how they're probably going to be. 
And the key is, is not to lose yourself in what they do or don't do. In other words, don't give them any more of your, your power than is needed. Um, having said that, if someone is really toxic and, and, you know, it's full of drama and whatever, um, yeah, I would, I would suggest taking strong consideration why set yourself up for the disappointment. You know, so that might be a case where you maybe you say, I, I just can't do this anymore. It's not worth it. Um, and, and I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to choose not to lean into the left hook anymore. Um, and so I'm going to change myself in it and, you know, either just be more level-headed when I'm there and just kind of go with the flow, or I'll just flat out say, I, I just can't do that anymore. I'm not going to go. It's not worth it. Um, and, and the biggest key is for the person to take responsibility for their own happiness um, and, you know, in that, okay, what would be the appropriate choices? If they're worried about the consequences of not doing it, that tells you where the relationship is to begin with, that it's very conditional and non-accepting of, of you. Um, and, you know, why would I want to choose keep leaning into that left hook? And I, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't have a choice when I was 10 years old, but I'm, I'm 40 now and, and I can make a different choice. And if they're mad, you know, I don't need to own that any more than I need to. Uh, that's their choice to be mad and upset that I'm not doing what they want me to do. Good point. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not easy, but that's what the, that's part of what I tell people is they're in your life to help you learn to set boundaries. You know, they're being like they're being, they're your teacher to set the boundaries. They're your opportunity to set the boundary for yourself. And it's showing you everything, Lori, shows us how much we ultimately love or don't love ourselves. Um, within the fact that somebody outside of us might be unloving and uncaring, how we act or react ultimately shows us how much we love or don't love ourselves in that. And that's ultimately what I got to look at is how, who do I become with this person or this situation? And is that really how I want to be and who I want to be? And if, you know, that's where I can make different and more self-empowering and more liberating choices and the other person doesn't have to do anything <laughs> um, because I'm going to empower myself to do what's best for me. And I often tell people when you do what's right for yourself in a healthy and in a loving way, you will do what's right for everybody else. Other people might not see it that way initially, but that's not your problem. That's their problem. Because they wanted. Can we accept that people? The thing is, it's hard for people to accept people might be mad at them for a while or may not yeah. accept their answer. That's the key. Right. And, they ha and you have to get over that. That's part of growth and maturity. Yeah. And you have to, you have to be okay with it. That's just where they're at and where the process is. And that's their, their issue, not so much your issue. And the only reason why they're really mad or whatever is because. You haven't done what they thought you should do. Right. Uh, you know, you shook it up a little bit. You changed it. And they didn't, you know, they didn't want that or they didn't ask for that. So, yeah, they we have a tendency. You know, um, we get so locked into pleasing everybody at the expense of ourselves. Um, you know, and we're so conned. Um, in a way that gets people to, to get what they want, not so much what we want. Um, and the more people can look at that and say how they, you know, really see how they've been manipulated and how they've allowed that in their life and begin to take a stand for themselves, um, that's an act of self-love. 
and it's accepting the person and or the situation and in, in, in terms of how it is. But in that, then just choosing, this is how I'm going to be with it from here on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that's a big key for a lot of people. But we get so locked into, you know, like we've talked about, yeah, we're so conditioned that we have to do it this way. Um, because that's what grandma wants or whatever. And I don't want to create any, <laughs> any waves, but you're, you know, then we create a lot of resentment and bitterness within ourselves because we're, we're kind of being forced into something that really isn't in our best interest anymore. Right. And it's, it's well, tough. You know- it's, yeah, it's tough. Well, in wrapping, you know, this up, when we talk about how couples can support each other, mm-hmm. especially if it's if it has to do with each other, what I'm hearing, you know, and what I think we've talked about today is, is as a couple, if you're with a loving partner, that you're, first of all, conscious of what is happening during the holidays, that the other partner, you know, as you say, there's an ebb and flow the weaving in and out of, I'm doing this for you, you're doing this for me. And in the end, while you're giving, that you're not giving yourself all away in that giving, but you're giving out of love and you're taking out of love. But if it gets to be too much, you know, being able to look at that partner and say, okay, I I really want to talk about this. Um, And also the the support during this time that, you know, make a budget. Um, You know, discuss the finances even if you don't want to because you feel bad and because you mm-hmm. think, oh, gosh, I don't want to have this conversation. And, and you know, support each other in saying, here's the deal. <laughs> we're so exhausted by the end of this that someone's going to be mad that we're only going to be at this party for two hours instead of six or, right. or three hours instead of six. But we're going we're gonna to talk about these things and we're going we're gonna to do it because when we get home, we want to be able to wake up with the kids and enjoy the day with the kids, or we want to be able to have some time to ourselves during this holiday time. So I think it's a matter of consciously discussing how this is going to be. And if you're in a if you're in a tough situation with a family member or with expectations, that you're going to have to support each other and manage it and and come to some sort of comp. I love how you say win win compromise because compromise is yeah. usually you know, somebody loses, but a win-win compromise that says, let's do this and then do this. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Sure. You know, we yeah, we have yeah. to be aware of that during this time of year, have the tough conversations. It's, it's not okay to be miserable, especially this time of year when you think about what all of the holidays, whether whatever religion you are, what they stand for. We're not serving ourselves or anyone else or a higher being if we're not having the best experience that we can. Right. And and a lot of it, you know, the, the, the true purpose of the, of this holiday season is, is about love. It's about, uh, fellowship. It's about goodwill. And, and ultimately it's about gratitude and appreciation. Um, and, I think that's if a couple can begin to use those, the meanings behind those four words um, as the foundation of how we're going to conduct ourselves in the next month or so and kind of be on the same page as best we can, um, that in itself would eliminate a lot of a lot of stress and, and heartaches and disappointments. Um, and, and that's the key is to, to stay with that true intent of this holiday season. Um, and because it is all, all about love. It is all about goodwill. Um, and it's also with the understanding that we're not going to be able to please everybody throughout this time. Right. Um, and that's okay. It's it's you know we we don't have to knock ourselves out. Um, and I, so I think that you know the more the couples can do things 
together, taking walks, uh, going to Christmas festivals or concerts, you know, or just sitting by a fire on a, you know, on a cold night or something, um, the better off you're going to be. Um, right. and, and just making more loving and conscious choices, um, I think I think are a big key, and and like I say, I come back to how how do we really want this to be? You know, what's our choice of how we want it to be, rather than how other people think it should be or has to be. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and, I will tell you, we've about ended our time here, unfortunately. Yeah. So I want to just take the next minute or so to tell people um, how they can reach you and how mm-hmm. they can find out about what you do. Okay, a uh, couple ways to reach me. Uh, I have a, a website. Uh, it's www.transitionpathways.com. Um, that's one way I do a lot of, there's a lot of services on that website as well as I blog uh, a couple times a month on different uh, topics related to love and relationships and different uh, emotional struggles and spiritual struggles. Um, I also have a Facebook page that's entitled Just Be Love uh, that also has a lot of uh, listings of workshops and different blogs as well. Uh, email, if people wanted to email me, <clears throat> excuse me, it's uh, humor, H-U-M-O-R 311 at sbcglobal.net and a phone number is 616-666-9921. Well, thank Um, you very much, David Schroeder, for being on the Happiness Hangout. I wish you a very joyous holiday season and Merry Christmas, and thank you again for being on the Happiness Hangout. Thank you, Lori. It was a pleasure, and uh, Christmas blessings to you and your family, and especially the new cat. Hopefully, it, it'll work out for you, both you and your husband and your dog. So, <laughs> uh, blessings. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Enjoyed our chat. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Bye-bye. Looking for a great holiday gift? Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness, my new book. If you're looking for a relationship, are in one and want to make it better, or just want to feel good, read. Check out Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness. Find it at Amazon.com, or check it out on my website at www.happinesshangout.net. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net. www.happinesshangout.net. Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits, get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows 
and you get a shout out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.